Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Heavy Meta. I am and remain to be your host, Bryce Kundick, uh, and I'm joined as always with Kelly Boyven. And today on episode number 24, 24. just checked, uh, we're joined with, would you introduce yourself? Um, I'm Shana Yandall. And Shana, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. I'm really excited for today's episode because you've done some pretty cool things, or at least a cool thing. I don't know about pretty cool things. I think probably things, but I, one thing in particular we wanted to talk to you about today. In my life, I might have done one cool thing. Yay! Hey. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but first, why don't you tell, before we get into that, why don't you tell us a bit about who you are and what you do here at UMF? Oh, excellent. So, yes, I am assistant professor of English and creative writing here. So I teach uh, a lot of first-year writing classes, and I also teach in the creative writing program. There I teach introduction to creative writing, as well as introduction to writing for children and young adults, um, and sometimes poetry. Awesome. How long have you been here for? Eight years. Eight years. It's a lot of years. It is. <laughs> And it is. What is your favorite class to teach? Like when you look at your semester, you're like, oh boy, I got this on. You're like, none. I don't like to teach. No, anything. I love them all. Um, so the, I love that at UMF, our English 100s are topics based. Mm -hmm. So that both gives the students something cool to write about because you're exploring a topic together. But it also means that as a faculty member, I get to change that topic. Ooh. whenever I want to, based on my whims, interests, and things I would like to research. Um, <laughs> so that is really cool, and it's always really exciting to, to work with students um, in a new topic. So right now I'm, I'm teaching one um, about disaster, which um, as the course has progressed, we've decided that it really should be called English 100, It's a Disaster. <laughs> we sort of chant that together, and nice. it's really great. Nice. Um, but then when I the one semester that I taught um, writing for children and young adults, which has just been kind of revived, um, that was probably one of the most incredible creative writing classes I've ever taught. It was so collegial and supportive and um, really just a wonderful experience, I think, for everybody in the room. So I always found that as well. I took a, a few uh, young adult creative writing classes in college, and they always seemed better than the adult ones. People in the adult ones, at least for me, they were like cutthroat. Some of them was like, you know, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think about your writing. And it's like, like tearing someone else down is going to build them up. And the YA ones, it seemed much more like, hey, you did something cool and more, you know. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, and I think also when you're working with traditional college-age students, right, what have they read the most of mm. True. already, right? right? When they come to college, even if they've already been reading a lot of adult literature, as, as many people start to once they're in high school, they've read most of their reading has still been in that world. Mm. And so they're still, like, connected to it in, yes. in a great way. And so you can draw on, like, a really wide variety of, like, shared literature knowledge, which is really exciting, too. Awesome. And because we're half ed majors, that's great too. So we're pulling on, I think, all the great strengths of UMF with creative writing and with our education students. So yeah, I think it's a to totally makes sense. I always wondered because it had sort of gone away for a while, hadn't it? It hadn't been taught for a bit. It it disappeared for a little while. Yeah, and yes. then it, it came back. Yes, welcome back. Okay, <laughs> so you don't just teach writing for young adults; you also write for young adults, correct? I do. And this is the <laughs> this is the thing we hinted at earlier. You yeah. had you had a book come out. Your first first book, first professionally like why do you call or like which? 
Well, it is my first novel. First novel, okay. Yeah, so I have a, a book of poems that was published by a university press, mm. a, a real press that had distribution <laughs> and all of those things, but in the world of poetry, it's quite a bit smaller, right? right? So this is my first book that is widely available at bookstores all across the country. What is it called? As Many Nows as I Can Get. As Many Nows as I Can Get. And it's like, it's like getting on best of lists, and like yeah. a lot of best of lists. Right? It's the one cool thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Other than your children, I hope, right? Your yeah. children count as cool, but... Well, yeah. 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 But, man, I mean, so, like, what what list has, has it been on? Um, so, it was on the top ten list um, from the New York Public Library, so that was very cool. Um, and then it was uh, listed as a Kirkus Best Book of the Year. And then earlier um, in the year, in the summer, it was on a, a Best of the year so far from Seventeen Magazine. You know, no big deal. <laughs> Best yeah. of the year here at Farmington. So right. tell, <laughs> tell us a bit about the book. What's it about? Um, so it centers around uh, this young woman, Scarlett, uh, who grew up in a very small town in Colorado. And it she's really driven to be a physicist. She's really interested in, in physics. And... Um, but she's also um, kind of makes a series of catastrophically bad choices um, as she's finishing uh, up high school. She's sort of heartbroken by her big first love and then falls into a kind of um, destructive romance with a, with a friend she'd always grown up with. Uh, and then she's sort of left in her first year of college to sort out... Um, all the ways in which her choices have snowballed. Mm. And you tackle some, not not just like one or two, but like <laughs> several heavy hitting themes. I mean, I don't know how much we should say because of the spoiler factor, but there's some big stuff going on here that's, you know, very, very much of the, you know, very current and um, big problems that, that Scarlet ends up you know dealing with yeah absolutely so not just one issue but many yes (laughs) many many big issues which um you know uh, on the one hand sometimes I say if I just listed all the things that happened in this book I wouldn't even really want to read it because it would sound really overly dramatic um but but the the reality uh, you know the unfortunate reality of of many people's lives right Mm -hmm. is that um these things do impact us and and often not alone, right? So right. one um, one difficult issue is often connected to many more, yes. right? Um, and we and they really do sort of impact most people, I think, these days. Um, so as I'm I'm teaching my class on disaster, um, or I'm teaching my first year seminar on coming of age, and we read about the the opioid epidemic and there are always many students in yes. my classes who admit that this is something that has impacted their lives their family lives personally um, and then there's many more who don't admit that and there are many more who admit it in private and right. you know and so it's it and i'm always very forthright that this is something that's impacted my life and mm-hmm. so i think um you know mm-hmm. there are so many things that as a culture we pretend like we shouldn't be talking about and right. really they're the things we should be and I, I talk about this with so many of the student workers here in this particular library in the curriculum center, are ed majors. And we talk about a lot how 
their generation of teachers is going to be catastrophically impacted by the number of drug-affected children in their classroom. And so it's just such a huge thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So what what led you to, why, I mean, so you talked a bit about about why, but how did you come to write this book? Like, where did the idea come from? Don't you love that question? Where did you get your ideas? Like how did how did it from pluck them out of the atmosphere <laughs> from the ether? <laughs> I mean, it's always a it's always a you know kind of a you know one thing which leads to you to another thing which leads to you to another thing. And the central story is um, that I had heard about a couple of people who had been close to me when um, when I was younger um, that died, and and at this point we were still you know just shy of thirty. Mm-hmm. So. too young to be dying Mm -hmm. you know and I was at the time you know had just learned of my first poetry book coming out I had a baby like my life was together in many ways you know even if the apartment we lived in was gross but whatever (laughs) you know Um, think it, it just made me think a lot about kind of like the ways in which lives really sometimes part in ways that are so severe right Mm -hmm. um and and how sad I was to have like lost this connection to people who were at one point really important to me um so I was trying to write poems about it because that's what I was doing at that point in my life and I Mm -hmm. couldn't write poems about it and finally I was like oh okay that's probably because this isn't a poem and um and it and what have I always kind of wanted to write? I've always sort of wanted to write a novel, but I've been a little afraid about that. And um, I think this is a novel. And what what kind of novels have I always really secretly loved to read? Oh, young adult, right? Mm-hmm. This is definitely a young adult story, right? Talk, thinking about people who you are, who you come of age with and why, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so then I just sort of, st- once I started thinking about that story, um, and again, there's nothing, it's actually not in any way, um, nonfiction, right? The, other than like what I, what I think about as truthful about fiction is the, mm-hmm. that there's an emotional core that we're, we're trying mm-hmm. to get to. Right? So you haven't made all these disastrous choices yourself? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, yeah. And nor, nor, you know, nor did like anybody I knew, you know, I didn't just like steal somebody's life and write right. into a book or anything, but, um. But I was definitely trying to get at that. Um, the sense of loss you feel when you have both, know that you have made some bad choices um, and that people you love have made choices that are even harder to come back from, mm-hmm. right? And so how do you cope with that? Right. How long did the book take to, to from beginning to end of this, let's say the first draft? Did it write pretty fast or did it? I don't know. Don't remember. It's all a blur. It's a blur. I think in part because I was a little afraid that I was writing a novel. I Mm -hmm. think Mm -hmm. because I'd been a poet, so I was like, you know, at first I was like started it, and then I, you know, decided I have to tell people I'm writing it so that they'll ask me, right? So you know, I admitted to like my colleagues, and so then they would have to they would ask me how the novel's going, and I would have to be able to give them (laughs) an update. You outed yourself as a writer. Um, So that was good because it made me accountable. Um, but I don't actually remember, and I think it's partly because of the way that I write, which is not 
Um, it's not like I plot things out beforehand. Right. Um, so it's hard for me to say like, oh, that was the first draft and it took me this long. Um, from the time I started to write it until it came out as a book, I th- it's five or six years. Okay. So, so, yeah. It's one of the most non-linear stories I've ever read in terms of its treatment of time and, and the fluidity of time, you know, almost becomes like a character in itself. And I, I wondered if that was really intentional because of Scarlett's, you know, nature as a physicist and the way she viewed time as this very fluid thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that is the reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you have, so I know with some creative writing faculties, young adult or genre fiction, or I mean, can have sort of a stigma attached to it. Did you, were you at all afraid, uh, like when you added yourself, like I'm, I'm writing a novel, it's a young adult novel, where you're worried people are going to be like, Shayna, why are you doing this? Why don't you do something important? Not that I think that, but I mean, as a young adult writer myself, but I just, I know sometimes you, like, when I'll tell people this is what I've written, they'll be like, oh, it's a kid's book. It's right. like, well, yeah, I guess, but does that make a difference? <laughs> I don't know, what was your experience with that? Um, I mean, locally everyone's been tremendously supportive um so so i haven't i haven't really gotten that um but uh i think outside of that you know i am definitely a lot more sensitive to comments about uh serious literature and and sometimes you know i and i did have one good friend say um oh i'm reading your book and i i i'm i was surprised because i uh, it's really good, and I, I just didn't really think YA was supposed to be good. <laughs> I was like, oh. Thanks a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I, I tend to think, right, that people who have that opinion, they're just not reading it. Right. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to, because if you ask them, you know, uh, was C.S. Lewis a good writer? Mm-hmm. They're gonna say that he was yeah. right. I mean, is that less serious than anything else? And and in, in, in fact, in some ways, more formative. I mean, I have some issues with it, right? Right. And there's some serious issues with, this, especially some of the later books. But you know, on a sentence level, on a story level, that's some pretty great work, right? Right. And if anybody does say anything, you can just say, "But the lists, right? All the lists I'm on." <laughs> <laughs> Well, she can now. I mean, yeah. before that, she right. yeah, I know. Go figure. I wrote a good book as opposed yeah. to that. I know. It's just ridiculous. Um, what are so uh, you read a fair bit of YA? Oh yeah. What are your What are some of your favorite authors or books that you've written? You hate that? Oh, she's, um, she's giving me the evil. What are some that you've liked a lot? <laughs> there you go. Not favorite, just a book you've liked a lot. Sure. Um, Okay, so I tend to read contemporary, which is what I write, although um, there's, I do read across the spectrum. Um, but favorites, so Kathleen Glasgow's second book, um, How to Make Friends with the Dark. I, her first book is brilliant too, but the second book um, is about a, a young woman who's experiences death. Um, the death of her mother, and it's so beautiful. It's really gorgeous. Um, and then uh, there's some of the big heavy hitters that everyone probably reads, like Nicola Yoon, right? Those are, are very fun and well-written and thoughtful. Um, 
Yeah, there's so many good ones. My experience has been that when you, a lot of times we will assume that everybody's read X, Y, or Z. Right. And I'm always surprised by how many people have not read X. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh, and to you it's like, this is, how could you miss this one? Right. And it's just because there's so much out there right. these days that how do you read everything you want to read? Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I want to read faster. I want to train myself to read faster, but I just haven't. Or two books at once. I've tried that. Yeah. I tried listening to a book and reading a book when I was in middle school. It was a bad idea. <laughs> at the same time? Yes, at the same time. That is really funny. Yeah, only a middle schooler would come up with that. Like, this, I can do this. I can do this. I can totally do this. Totally, do totally this. works. Um, so as you were writing the book, uh, did you have to do any research for it? Oh, I did a ton of research, yeah. Yeah, like what? Um, well, I researched all all you know just about all of the poor choices that scarlet makes and the fallout i did a lot of research sort of around all of her choices there um and then but i also did a ton of reading about physics Hmm. um and i read a lot of books about physics so like book books or do you read online where did you end up i read online i read online i read i mean we have a subscription to science news so Mm. i read a lot of those articles Mm. um i read several book books from our i mean i went to like the physics section in mantor library and i Mm. checked out a a bunch of books um nice plug thank you very much yeah (laughs) anytime anytime i would also go to mantor library at like the first day of every like the end of every spring semester i would go in with my with my list of the best ya books of the year and i would i would check out all of them check out a big stack (laughs) the 10 that i was allowed from the library and take them all home and read them all summer long do we limit it to faculty too i don't know just get 10 yeah, I think well for think for so. YA and and Juve, yeah. yeah. Hardcore, watch yeah, out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's for people like Shana. Who yeah, we're just gonna take know, everything, take them all right off the shelf, and you know, abscond yeah. with them. So, um, oh, I was gonna ask you something that I forgot what it was, but it was really good. Whatever <laughs> it was. What are you working on right now? Um, I'm yeah. I'm working. <laughs> so she's not ready to divulge. It's no, a top I'm, secret. No, I'm working on another novel um, that is difficult to write. <laughs> Do you find the success of your first intimidating for your second? Like, is it like like before? You've never written one before, right. so well, how can you go wrong? Anything is better than nothing, right? Right. Right. Um, now you've had one. It's been on some best of lists and everything. Like. You know, librarians are liking it. New York Public Library loving it. And so does that get to you at all? Do you like, as you're writing, you're like, well, that was no good. That's not a New York Public Library top 10 book. I delete, 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 delete. You know, I mean, does that get in the way? Um, like it hasn't until it, now. It does now. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. No, I mean, I think, I think in some ways it does. I think it's really different, too, because, you know, I had... Uh, I didn't even have an agent, right? Like I wrote this book and I got my agent from this book and um, and we did a very quick and short revision from the time I signed with her to, to when the, the book came out. And so it's really different to now have a team mm-hmm. um, that that I that I do work with. You know, I mean I, I do send pages to, to my agent 
and get her feedback and, and work through stuff, you know, like before it's done. And that is a really different process. So I think maybe even aside from like the fear of, you know, will it be as good, which I think is somewhat present, but like it's always, I mean, writing is always a battle with like your, your insecurities in some way. So it's, um, it's figuring out a new way to work mm. with, um, with a, a supportive team and doing it in a way, like the goal is to do it a little faster. <laughs> five to six years. Right, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I mean, how, how far Every, along? People don't want it to take that long. How, how far <laughs> along the process were you with the first book where you got the, I mean, were you had you finished it and then said, 20, here, I did this? Yeah, and, oh yeah, it's, yeah, it was totally done. So that was um, like November of 2017. Hmm. And so then, uh, then it sold in January or February maybe it was like winter and then it you know came out this year so that's pretty that's fast. pretty whirlwind mm. yeah do you use writing groups or alpha readers or anything like that or is it mainly like you write for yourself and then you send it off to your agent your agent takes a, takes a look at it I make um, lots of use of my husband mm. <laughs> as a beta reader yeah. and he's quite brilliant at it so that's lucky yeah. Yeah. When I read books and the and, and they have the acknowledgments pages where they're just like thanking like the cast of thousands and I right. think who even knows this many people? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, not me. Yeah. Yeah. Um so oh now it's gone again. Wow. I do. I mean, I think beta readers are, are great. And I, I did have a few, you know, I had a few people read now as before. Um before it came out, uh, or before I even got my agent, I, I had I, I had Pat read it and Sabina Klein and um, and uh, Bill Rohrbach, who's a local writer's daughter, teenage daughter, read Sweet. it for me. So that was really great. Um, I yeah, I haven't had anybody outside of the the, the team and my household read this new section yet. Um, yeah, I felt like because I used to have all sorts of people read my books beforehand, and these days. I just realized the other day that I don't do that anymore. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, because a lot of, I write, I write a lot, I mean, my wife doesn't even read my books. I'm just right. writing a lot and I'm sending them off and she's like, what are you working on now? I'm like, this, you know, and then she's like, oh, I forgot you were even working on that project. Right. So, <laughs> do you think that's a confidence thing? Like you're just more confident in your writing now that you? I got to the point, um, so I just noticed that some of the critiques that I was getting from readers clashed with critiques I was getting from my agent and from uh. editors and in the end agents and editors win that yes, battle it's true. Right. and so it was conflicting because like mm-hmm. and agents and editors are not fast at getting back to you whereas yeah. beta readers can be like you can hand them something and they're like awesome I'm going to read this and they do and like some of them in like a week mm-hmm. or a couple days and they get back to you like okay I want you to change and they have all this great feedback and it feels like great feedback and so you want to do something with that feedback, but yeah. then you hear from your agent slash editor, and they're like, "You, we want you to go east where everyone else yeah. would go west, and so yeah. you gotta go east." You gotta so consider the source. It just, I ended up, I'm so busy, I just couldn't yeah. take the time to, yeah. to do it. That's nice to hear, actually, because I think that's again when you're thinking about like it, doing this faster, right, with a demanding day mm-hmm. job, right? Mm-hmm. How, yeah, waiting for a beta reader, I. I mean, I, I would still like to have somebody probably out there do it when I get ready, but maybe it's a skip that isn't necessary. I do trust forgetting. my team. Yeah. You 
Mm-hmm. And the uh, the other thing I've I've just seen is that I've as I've had more and more fires, not not irons in the fire, not fires go. in the iron. You can't do that. <laughs> um, like it used to be, like I'd work on one book and send it off and hear back, and then like mm-hmm. I'd want to work on it again. And these days, like I'll finish a book and I'll just not even have anyone read it. I'll just be like, no one will see this for six months. I'll come back to it and read it myself in six mm-hmm. months and see what I think, because you know, yeah, um, yeah, it's just kind of weird. What sort of advice would you give to uh, students or uh, people who are aspiring to, to publish? What, what, which direction would you tell them to do to, to head? I mean, I think read. You know, always the advice is to read, mm-hmm. read as much as you can. Um, maybe not two books at a time, <laughs> um, in, unless you're going back and forth uh, physically. <laughs> but you know, read, read as much as you can, and 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 don't be afraid of you know, writing what you love, right? I really think that, I mean, you're onto something when you say that people sort of tell you that you shouldn't write this kind of thing because it's not literary. Um, I think there's great work in in every genre. Absolutely. Um, there is. Read the best of what you're into mm-hmm. um, and don't be afraid of that because I, I, I meet a lot, particularly a lot of children's writers who are who are like, oh, I went and I did my MFA and I realized that I, I was only writing, you know, stories about 12 year olds and trying to, make, trying to not make it middle grade. And yeah. <laughs> when I realized I was writing middle grade, suddenly everything clicked. Yeah, right. You, know. you don't have to apologize you for don't. it. No. I mean, you know, I, I write what I want to read. Right. Um, so I write a book that like I haven't read ideally. Right. And yeah. Just because that's, I don't know, it's a lot, it feels very similar. Like finding out what happens next in my books, it feels a lot like reading a book. Mm. Um, you're nodding. So that's, yeah. Yeah. So, um, any other parting words of wisdom you want to share with us before we call things a day on this snowy day? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. You don't think I only so. did one cool thing, so I don't have a lot of wisdom. Okay, well, we'll have you. Be- We'll have you back when your your second cool thing is done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you, Shannon, for being on. And we will catch you all next time. Catch you next time.